Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host, and with me is Cliff DeCamp. The American Constitutionalist's main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalist are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America, they're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation and history proves it. Yet even though we were built on the Christian principles of the Bible as a Judeo-Christian nation, our founding fathers and framers of our constitution still left you with the freedom of choice and religion. And I mentioned this last week on the podcast. Yet they used those Judeo-Christian values found in the Bible and they used them to establish the plumb line for us to exist as a just, moral, and free society. From the very beginning, those who came to this continent expressed gratefulness to God of guidance and provision in leading this nation. And Cliff, we talk about that plumb line and we've left that plumb line. And even though they wish that you would believe as they believed, they never forced it upon everybody, but they knew that there had to be something set that we could go by so that would we would be a society that can exist and survive with each other. But you know what? Proverbs tells us that the person who strays from common sense will come to rest in the company of the dead. I'm here to tell you that a country that strays from the way of common sense will come to rest in the company of the dead. And we are headed down that pathway quickly. We have lost common sense. We've lost reality. And we're heading down this path of euphoric narcissism and existentialism in that you can do what you want to, where you want to, when you want to, be what you want to be. And it's just not going to end up the way people think because there's consequences to every action. We have to be responsible and accountable to our actions. And we have to have a plumb line to go by so that we can maintain this nation. I'm going to talk about some common sense things, and that's what we're about here. We think that along with that plumb line as a Judeo-Christian nation, we need to go back to that and to the Constitution that was formed on it so that this nation can continue to grow and flourish in the future. Now, here's a problem. Let's talk about spending, and we talked about that before, Cliff, in the budget in America. Listen to this. Government spending. Congress passed in the last few weeks there. Build Back Better Act, $2 trillion. And most of this is a social stimulus package. In the last few weeks, they spent $1.2 trillion in an infrastructure package. The CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, says that that will increase the deficit by over $360 billion over the next 10 years. Now realize, They've just passed the Senate's working on that $2 trillion social stimulus package. We've got $1.2 trillion in infrastructure. And they're debating now on raising the debt ceiling. Are you kidding me? You're spending money. You're talking about raising the debt ceiling because you don't have the money. What's that going to do? That's going to cause inflation. What are we thinking? Where is the common sense? We have to get back to a balanced budget and live off of our means, just like you and I should do with our personal budgets. And Cliff, if we keep going down this path, I've said this before, 
We talk about how we kick the can down the road over the years, raising the debt and spending money and the deficit we have now. I think we kicked the can down the road, it hit the wall and it's gone through the wall. And we're just waiting for the first domino to topple in this world where it all comes crashing down. We can't keep doing this. You know, there are some people, and particularly in government, that believe that really debt doesn't mean anything uh, because we'll always, you know, be able to to pay whatever we need to pay, and we're not going to default because, you know, who, you know, we're we're the biggest economy, so therefore, you know, no one's going to allow us to to default. There's, we're not going to have those kind of circumstances where uh, bad things happen because we default on paying something. Uh, but you know how they how they make it up obviously is they just print more money um right. and by printing more money that devalues the dollar that you guys all have in your pockets right now because um you know when you have just a certain number certain amount of value out there and you add more items to it you're just decreasing the value of each of those items and so the dollar is going down in value as a result of that and it goes down in value against all the other foreign currencies as well which makes trade much more um, you know, uh, difficult uh, in, in a lot of respects. We have to essentially pay more for the same goods and services that we got last year from the same places. Even if the prices hadn't changed, we're really paying more. Um, but the the big evil that occurs when we, uh, you know, don't balance the budget, when we uh, go ahead and print money uh, and we go further into debt and they raise the debt ceiling, the biggest thing that harms the American, the average American citizen is the fact of inflation, because when that when they start doing those things that we've just talked about, what ends up happening is that inflation occurs. The prices of everything goes up. Wages remain stagnant and, you know, you're able to buy less with the money that you have. So that that's, you know, even if they say they're not raising taxes, uh, you know, and this is how Biden gets away with saying, I'm not raising taxes. He's not raising the taxes because he's devaluing your dollars. He's devaluing yeah. what you're getting. Um, and so that you know, effectively is a tax as well. So we're really do, truly uh, being taxed. Uh, and you're right. We can't continue to do things like this. And as I've said before, uh, or as we've discussed before, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that the federal government has got its hand in too many things. And it doesn't need to uh, that it doesn't need to be in, you know, and when we talk about things like cutting out the Department of Education, you know, all these monies go to the federal government and then the federal government turns around and doles it out to, you know, the states to use for educational purposes. Problem is that by setting up a Department of Education, they have to siphon off a certain amount of that money and and pay the people that are there in Washington, D.C., in this bloated bureaucracy in the Department of Education. So that's one of those things where even if they wanted to get the money, uh, they just need to pass it back through to the states. Although I frankly don't believe that uh, they should be funding education in the states. I think the states should be doing that themselves. Um, so uh, well, you know, and, it just and, needs and to be we, smaller government. Right, we talk about in the American Resolution this is going to take time and it, it will hurt to a certain extent. Yeah. Just like if you have to cut back uh, going out for entertainment or going out to eat and do things to get your budget back in line. Sometimes it hurts when you have to tighten your belt and we're going to have to do that as a nation. And there are ways we could do that, but we have to elect the right people to go to Washington with the right mindset 
not only returning to the plumb line we talk about that this nation was built upon, but on our constitution and having a smaller government and bringing things back to the states and letting the states operate and the local communities to, to decide what they want for their, their education, their local communities, their infrastructure and so forth. So here's another thing I want to move to. Biden this week and other presidents have done this. They opened up the oil reserves. And I think it was 50 million barrels that they're letting out of the oil reserve. Yeah, strategic oil reserve. There's a reason why strategic is in there. Right. And so common sense. Come on, man. What are we talking about doing here? You're, you're just killing me. We just stopped the Keystone Pipeline. We have shut down energy by way of production of fracking and drilling in the oil we have in this nation that far surpasses anywhere else in this world. And you've seen the price go up at the gas pump. What are we thinking? Where is our common sense? We're getting rid of our reserves. That's like you going to your bank and say, you know what? I'm going to start spending my money out of my reserves that I'm saving for retirement, that I'm saving for my future. Instead of using what we have available to us in this country, that could even help bring down the deficit. Well, the, the per reason why it's called a strategic reserve, um, strategic oil or national uh, natural national oil reserve, is that it's intended for military purposes. It's if something were to happen. We had, if you go back to 1973 when we had the oil crisis with the Middle East, et cetera, they cut us off. They, we weren't able to get oil. Uh, from from the Middle East because there was war taking place and and we were on the wrong side as far as most of the oil producing countries were concerned and so that whole idea of having that strategic reserve was for military purposes if we needed it it was there and and we could use it so only I think one other time it's been released out into the uh, uh, to the general public but you know it's I think it was 50 million gallons. Um, or 50 million barrels. I don't remember now. It's one of those things. I think it's 50 million barrels. That doesn't even provide enough energy for one day in the U.S. No. <laughs> for, for you know, if you're looking at the entire pot, so it, it it was a meaningless gesture to release those. And as you said, you know, why are we doing that? We should just be drilling and and you know harvesting our own oil and not uh, relying on other people. And you know, we were energy independent under Trump. Why we're not energy uh, independent today is a direct result of the Biden administration. And this is one of the things that I'm saying we're not using common sense because we could really help build America even better than ever before by continuing down that path that Trump established in being energy independent. And we're not doing that. And I know, you know, the environmentalists talk about going to electric. I'm kind of switching gears now. And, and how we will keep things clean and going to electrical electric vehicles and so forth. But common sense, where does the electric come from and what is being used to produce the electric? It comes from fossil fuels that we use, coal and oil, to create electricity. Now, we want better ways to create energy, and we believe in research for that, like hydroelectric and continuing growth and building safer nuclear energy. But people don't realize that in these batteries that run these electric vehicles, they use lithium. 
and lithium cannot be reconstituted. And I sat down and talked with some millennial electrical engineers about this. And they talk about people don't realize even the problem coming down the road of disposing this toxic waste and that we don't have an unlimited supply of lithium in the world. And by the way, do you know who has one of the great lithium reserves in the world? Afghanistan. Where did we just leave? And where is China right now? Afghanistan. And we talk about electric, electric, electric. In about 30 years from now, down the road, 30, 50 years, we're going to have this problem that, wait a minute, we can't keep all these electric vehicles going. We don't have the lithium. In fact, in California, I'm looking at an article here when it says one in five electric car owners in California switch back to gas vehicles. And the biggest problem is it takes a while to charge these vehicles. And then you can only go about 300 miles in range before you have to stop to charge the vehicles when using gasoline is so much easier for them. I know there's a company out there now that just released that they may have found a way where you can charge a vehicle in five minutes. And if they do that, that's great. That'll really help solve that particular problem. But the big problem is looking down the road and that the lithium supplies may not be there. The batteries may not be there. And then the environmentalists are going to have a heyday down the road when they finally figure out that we're putting all this old toxic waste from these batteries into the landfill, which gets into the water tables. Come on, man, you're killing me. Where's the common sense? Well, um, you're expecting uh, people who are liberals and um, or progressives or socialists or members of the Democrat Party or uh, people in the Biden administration have common sense. They just simply don't. And you're absolutely correct. What they're doing is postponing a, a, an environmental disaster uh, that's going to occur when we have to dispose of all of these uh, batteries that uh, that are made out of lithium. Although that's not the only, uh, they can make them out of other things as well. But everything that they use to make batteries out of doesn't bode well in the in the environment. I mean, it, it's it's a problem in the environment, and we're going to have to figure out how to dispose of these things in an appropriate fashion. So we're just basically taking, um, you know, one problem and uh, and trying to solve it with another problem, um, and and just postponing the the problem. And the fact of the matter is that you know electric vehicles will come and go. And we'll be back to using fossil fuels again because there, there's so many, there's so much of it that we can use. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I always am amazed because every year I see this on Facebook that someone uh, posts on or on Facebook that, you know, if you uh, think about having a uh, an electric car and stuck in a blizzard out on uh, on the interstate, how long <laughs> are you going to be able to stay warm? Yeah, yeah, really. Well, let's go to the China virus. And I know people hated that. They hated Trump for that. But now they know that, yeah, it did come out of the Wuhan lab. Uh, whether it was released intentionally or not, that's still up for debate. But something on that right now that is of news and relevance, a federal judge in Louisiana issued a preliminary injunction forcing the Biden administration to halt his vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. So... That's another thing that's going out there. The, the next thing would happen if it's appealed, it would go to the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans. And again, we're not against vaccines. We're just against the government telling you what you have to do to your body 
And then on top of that, about something that's not been through the normal testing and science we usually do for vaccines, it usually takes seven to 10 years. And we're seeing a lot of ramifications from that, that now they're saying, well, it wears off after six months, it may not really protect you against the variants and yada, 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 so forth. So it's very interesting on seeing these things coming out in our courts now. In fact, Judge Terry Doty stated that civil liberties face grave risks when governments proclaim indefinite states of an emergency. And we've seen that over the last two years where they keep claiming emergency, emergency, shutdown, shutdown, lockdown, lockdown. And, and the Biden administrative administration is floating this out here now too, that people that return to the United States from foreign countries may have to be COVID tested when they get here. And then they may have to be isolated for seven days after they get to the United States. So we're seeing all these decisions come back to be those landmines that start blowing up here and there because we really don't use common sense and think things through. Uh, there's another development too, that uh, a couple of other developments you should be familiar with. Uh, one of them is that there's a Kentucky federal court case that came out, which basically said that, um, uh, and it covers by that, um, the judge in specifically said that it covers Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio, um, and that uh, it basically says that there's a stay put on the implementation of the uh, mandate for federal contractors uh, in those three states. So uh, effectively, if you happen to be a federal contractor in one of those three states, you can't be terminated for not getting the vaccine. They can't mandate it, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, the other more, most important development is that, um, so we have these vaccine mandates and litigation uh, related to it for you know private businesses through OSHA, federal contractors, et cetera. Um, the courts of appeal, uh, federal courts of appeal in the United States got together and decided we really need to consolidate this into one place and that it just so happens that they they randomly drew uh, as to what circuit court would get it and it happens to be the sixth circuit that got it um, which you know i will tell you jeff you might think that texas and louisiana are conservative they're not as conservative as the sixth circuit uh, court of appeals is so it appears as if all of these cases are going to end up in the sixth circuit and then from there potentially go up to the united states supreme court but expect to get pretty conservative rulings out of the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. Yeah, and then we have to look at the opposite reaction of what's going to happen to these companies that did force mandates on their employees to take the vaccine, the ones that had to leave their jobs and careers because they wouldn't take it. It's just a big can of worms. So there's a lot of things that can still happen from this. And I want to talk, since we're talking about court cases, Right now in the Supreme Court, they're hearing the Dobbs versus Jackson case, and that is about protecting unborn children. And Cliff, you've talked about this on podcasts probably a year ago about how the original decision in Roe versus Wade came under the penumbra of the Constitution and how that this particular case may actually be the beginning of reversing Roe versus Wade. And in fact, you spoke from experience on somebody who was actually a part of those initial cases. Yeah, the uh, uh, Justice Goldberg was one of my professors and he is the one who penned the penumbra 
um, decision. And basically the penumbra idea is that they looked throughout the Constitution and couldn't find any right of privacy. And he basically said that, well, it's in the penumbra of the Constitution because, you know, there's all these bits and pieces of things that kind of represent privacy issues. Um, and therefore, uh, you know, we're going to uh, say that uh, if you piece them all together, they somehow create this right to privacy. Um, so the cases come up and we'll see how the decision comes out in these cases. One of the things to keep in mind is that, um, you know, my opinion is without ever saying anything about whether uh, it's right to have an abortion or not, I don't believe that it is, but without even taking that into consideration, Roe versus Wade needs to be overturned because it's a, uh, it's a violation of, uh, uh, you know, violation of the Constitution. Uh, the, the issue of uh, abortion should be a state issue and it should be taken up state by state. And one of the things though to keep in mind is that there's a lot of states out there, like probably about 12 to 15, uh, that have laws in place that say in the event that Roe versus Wade gets overturned, then this law goes into effect. And in some of those states, in the red states, the kind of conservative states, it's like outlaw abortion 100%. Um, and in the more blue states that have these kind of statutes that are effective upon uh, repealing of Roe, it basically grants that in that state the, the right to an abortion. So, it, but it, it should be a state issue. It should not be something that, you know, this, this is my big bugaboo with the federal government is they're violating every day the Tenth Amendment. They're overstepping their authority on what, you know, what they're doing. These these vaccine mandates from the federal government is overstepping the authority. These uh, mandatory kind of lockdowns and things that they want to do at the national level, you know, those things violate the Constitution. The states have the right to to uh, dictate what the policies can be in their states when it comes to, you know, police powers, health, safety, and welfare, and Unfortunately, they've allowed the states and and the citizens, for that matter, have allowed the uh, the federal government to get away with usurping that state authority. And the first step in how that occurred was the popular election of senators. Yeah. If the senators were appointed by the states, which is how the Constitution was originally designed, then they would be there representing the states, and they wouldn't be allowing these things that violate the 10th Amendment to get through because they're, they're the governors in their states, the legislatures in their states would have said, no, you can't do that vote against it. And they would have done just that. Uh, but by electing them uh, through a popular election in their states, you take away the state's ability to stop that kind of uh, overreach by the federal government. And that's why we always say we stand for returning to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution here at the American Constitutionalist. Yes, we believe this nation was built on the plumb line as a Judeo-Christian nation on the principles found in the Bible. We and they wished who founded this country and the framers of our Constitution that you would believe the way we believe and that they did, but you weren't forced to do that in our Constitution. You have the freedom of religion in this nation to choose how you believe. And believe it or not, God even gives you that choice to decide what you're going to believe. But we're all responsible and accountable to that belief. And we think unless we go back to that plumb line by those who founded this nation on a Judeo-Christian 
nation and go back to the original intent and meaning of the Constitution because it was formed on that, that we're going to go down this road and continue to see the destruction of America. But there is hope. There is hope. And after we get through these holidays, there's going to be the push for the primaries coming up. And we're going to have to really examine the people running for office that they will stand on the principles of our Constitution and returning this nation back to that Judeo-Christian nation and our Constitution. Now, folks, we stress this every week. We need your help. We need your support here at the American Constitutionalist. And one way we need it is we need you to pray, pray, pray for God's divine hand of intervention on our leadership and that they will return to seeking him in this nation. And then we need you to stand with us by spreading the word of truth. And then we need you to share this podcast with your family and friends and subscribe to it so that you automatically get timely information each week to Common Sense in America. Folks, I know we've given you a hodgepodge of information here <laughs> on the uh, the podcast this week, but there's a lot of things that we need to keep before you and in front of you so that you can see what's going on in this nation, what's happening to your country, what's happening to your freedom, and where you need to make a stand. And we hope that you'll join us each week on this podcast, making that stand for our life, liberty, and happiness here in this great republic we call the United States of America. And then we need you to stand with us at the American Constitutionalist, spreading the word of truth as we strive to continue to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty, justice, and freedom for all. For Cliff DeCamp, this is Jeff Kokar, reminding you that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom. Freedom.